Welcome to the All About You podcast. My name is Sheila and I am your host. In this podcast, I invite people to tell their stories of their travels, hobbies and passions. These podcasts are also now available on my All About You YouTube channel. So if you have a story to tell, please contact me on allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and let's tell your story. Welcome to the All About You podcast and today we are going to go into the world of the hypnotist with John Moyer. Now John is a professional hypnotist and a YouTube creator of hypnosis and meditation content for over 250,000 subscribers. I know it's going to be a fascinating conversation. John, welcome to the All About You podcast. Thank you for having me. And yes, as you as you said, I'm a I'm a professional hypnotist. Been a professional hypnotist probably for going on 12 years now. It's kind of an interesting route getting to that point, but it was all it all kind of started in the entertainment industry. But from being a professional hypnotist, uh, performing on stage all across the country uh, here in the U.S. for corporate events around the world for uh, Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. But from that, um, a YouTube channel w- was born kind of completely by happenstance. And that's where my primary focus is now creating hypnosis and meditation content that basically helps people to be able to improve the quality of their lives through the way they think and through the way they manage their emotional states. Now, John, this is something I want to cover, because when you talk about hypnosis, most people would think, oh, yes, we know about that. You go to see a show, they get people up on stage and they make them dance with a mop. They make them quack like a duck, etc. That's one part of it. And that's certainly a part you have done. But I think the other part, which I think is quite a large part, is mindset, belief and how hypnosis can help people in their daily life. And that's really the bit I want to explore with you. For sure. Let's talk about hypnosis and the power of the mind and what you can do to help people. The interesting thing about hypnosis, and you know, it's something that we've known about, you know, for for centuries, going back to ancient civilizations, and of course, as it began to become in what I would say modern times, and by modern times, I'm saying going back, you know, maybe 300 years, we started to see that it was something, and we weren't quite sure what it was, and of course it began kind of as this demonstration thing where people would go, well, this is really weird. Look what, you know, it started with uh, Franz Anton Mesmer. It was, you know, look what I can do here. And he would bring these people together in gatherings. And so it kind of started in modern times as that performance uh, element. And then as we began to discover more and more about what it really is and what it could do, then it evolved into a more holistic approach, whether it be for, you know, mental states, emotional states, even even for the physical body. So basically what happens with hypnosis is we all have brainwave states that we pass through every single day. Primarily, it's the beta brainwave state. That's our waking brainwave state. So when we're going around doing, you know, doing our thing, it's what we're, we're in right now. And then what happens is our brainwave states actually slow down. It goes from a beta down into an alpha and a theta brainwave state down into a delta. That's what happens when we're asleep. 
But the really interesting thing is, is when you get into those alpha and theta brainwave states, some profound stuff happens to the mind and the body and you become really, really focused, which is allows you to be able to shut everything out. So you kind of look like that, you know, you're in that hypnotized state. But as you're in that hypnotized state, you open up a connection to the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is where everyone's programming is. It's like our operating system. So for, for good or for bad, better or for worse, whatever it is, we have stuff that's programmed into our, our subconscious mind that dictates how we think, how we feel, how we behave, how we respond and react. So in the case of hypnosis, if there's something somebody's looking to do to improve the quality of their life, if there's a situation that they're dealing with, whether it's a negative habit or they want to change direction and start doing something more beneficial for themselves, you get into the subconscious mind through hypnosis and you're basically pulling some connections from here and then you're rewiring some connections. You're, you're literally making new connections between person's mind and their behaviors and their thoughts. And it's just like, you know, like you're typing up on a Word document. You know, there's something you want to edit, you highlight it, you delete it, you put the new information in it. And that's essentially the same thing that happens with the subconscious mind on a, on a uh, mental level. Now, there's a whole other thing that happens to the physical body when it comes into hypnosis, but and we can get into that too. So it's just, however, you know, just ask away whatever, uh, whatever you want to follow up with. Well, John, I have been making notes while you've been talking here. One of the questions I have got, can everybody be hypnotized? Yes, because hypnosis is actually a natural operational state of the human brain. It's built into all of us biologically. In fact, we all go through hypnosis every single day on our own. It just happens. So first of all, you pass through hypnosis when you when you fall asleep at night. You're reading a book or, or you're watching a movie. You're so fixed on that. You're so into that. You're completely oblivious to anything that's around going on around you. I know that's how it is. I have teenage boys. If they're looking at their phone or they're playing a video game, everything I say to them is completely lost. So that's actually a, a form of hypnosis. So now we do go through it every single day on our own. Even I think the last statistic I read was something like Americans check their their cell phones like three billion times a day. And that's actually kind of a form of hypnosis because you're focused on this here. You're blocking everything else out. Now, intentionally learning to trigger that state where you're accessing those state and brainwave states. That's something that can be learned with practice it's like going to the gym and and working out so we all all already go through hypnosis whether or not somebody can intentionally trigger that state or not it's a little bit different but they can learn to do that because if we go back to sort of the, the show the traditional hypnotist in a show he will get a selection of people onto the stage and we've all seen this type of show and a lot of people say, oh, yes, all these people are stooges, you know, that they're, they're all working in conclusion. They may start off with 12 people, 10 people and slowly a few get rejected mm -hmm. and then they are left with the core group. And then in theory, that's when the fun starts. Right. What is that explanation for the few people that get rejected? The, the one thing that is, it's kind of a misnomer is people all kind of look at hypnosis the same, and it's not, it's, it's not a one size fits all for everybody. Everybody has a very unique response. They have a very unique way of behaving. 
So in the instance of getting 20 people on stage, that is a case where I got to move really quickly. And, you know, we know that there's a large percentage of the population that is more easily receptive to hypnosis than others. So it's kind of like throwing mud up against the wall and seeing what sticks. So I'll get a group of 20 people up there. You know, I have had times where I've got all 20 people, all 20 people remain, or maybe it's, you know, 18 or 16, 12, whatever. And, and inevitably somebody might come up to me after the, after the show and they go, well, how come it, I was feeling something. I started feel good. How come it didn't work on me? And I say, well, I go, I don't know. Now for an individual to leave, get up out of an audience and sit in front of an audience of people. For a lot of people, that's not an issue. They're not in their head about that. Other people, there might be a lot going on. There might be, oh, people are watching me and I don't know what's going to go on or I'm a little nervous, whatever the case may be. So they can't get out of their head. So they kind of keep the, the state of hypnosis at bay. Now, that same person could go home and, you know, put on one of my YouTube videos and experience going under quite quickly. So there's a lot of just there's just different varieties of, of, uh, of scenarios that can um, be at play with that. And I always tell people, I mean, I've had people that have came up on stage, never experienced hypnosis before in their life. And they've gone, you know, they've gone under. I've had people that have come up on stage that have participated in previous events for whatever reason, just at that time that night, you know, it didn't work. An interesting example, I'll give you that a few years ago, I was doing a corporate event. Uh, it was up in Idaho and it was an outdoor event. It was in an amphitheater and there was a waterfall feature in this amphitheater. That's where the stage was in front of. And there was an individual, uh, a woman that I dismissed from the show. And I was talking to her afterwards along with somebody else who was what we would have called the star of the stage on the show. The woman said, I just couldn't concentrate. The water, the sound of the water was just too distracting. The other person who remained on stage said, oh, that's what did it for me. I just relaxed me so much. So you had the exact same stimulus, but two different responses. So it's just the individual. This is absolutely fascinating. So we've sort of covered it a little bit here, the traditional stage show with the hypnotist. OK, let's talk about the other side of it. We hear now people who want to give up smoking, people who want to lose weight, people maybe want to have help with coming over a trauma or something like that. Let's talk about how hypnotism can help with those aspects. Well, those aspects come up for people because they have got things that are associated with the situation or the thoughts or, or the emotional states you know, that they are, that they are having. There's something about, so if a situation comes up for somebody that could create a lot of stress for them, that could create a lot of anxiety for them. So they typically, they might want to um, avoid that situation or even like the gym, people think, oh, going to the gym, oh, it's too much. It's too painful. <laughs> I don't want to do it. There's something in the subconscious mind that's saying, we're too lazy. We don't want to do it. So what you're doing is with hypnosis and the analogy that I use for hypnosis, it's kind of like the bouncer with that red velvet rope outside of a nightclub who determines who gets in and who doesn't. So what happens with hypnosis is, is there's a, uh, in the mind, there's a element of the mind that we call the critical faculty. And it's basically, it's like a firewall. It's that bouncer with a red velvet rope. Keeps everything from going into the subconscious mind. It's, it's standing guard there. So what you do with hypnosis is you're distracting the bouncer with the red velvet rope, you're lowering that critical faculty, and then you're sneaking those suggestions into the subconscious mind. 
And when they get in there, that's where things can can really accelerate. It's like they say 21 days to take, you know, to make a habit. That's because you're, maybe you're repeating something over and over again. And finally, by attrition, it gets into the subconscious mind. With hypnosis, it's just a, a direct pathway and you get in there right away and you just erase whatever it is, the negative connections that somebody has to something. And then you rewire that to make it a more positive connection. So if somebody goes to work every day and they go, I see my coworker, I see my boss. All I do is feel stress. That's because the subconscious mind says, coworker, boss, stress, this is how we feel. So instead, you neutralize that. So when somebody shows up to work, they're like, man, I, I don't care about them. I, I feel great. I'm cool. That's what my subconscious mind is telling me. So now they're going to operate from that pattern of thinking and behavior. So we are talking here about somebody who walks into that office and they are replaying that same script day after day after day. And you as a hypnotist are breaking that script, mm -hmm. basically giving them a new script. Yeah. That is going to change that outcome. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. You're pulling the plug from one connection and you're just plugging it into something else. So if this is coworker, boss, place of employment here, and that's connected to stress and anxiety and, and fear and whatever physiological responses that may be, you know, upset stomach, whatever, you're just pulling the plug from that and you're connecting it into a state of resourcefulness, a state of calm, state of peace, state of empowerment. I'm sure if we did a survey and said to everybody, okay, if we could grant you a wish to change some thought pattern, whether you want to give up smoking or, or as, I, as I said earlier, you want to lose weight or something, feel more confident, you know, maybe feel better having conversations with the opposite sex. I am sure everybody would be able to reel off their wish straight away. I think most people would have something. Yeah, well, but the interesting thing about that, too, is, is I tell people that changing your mind is the easiest, hardest thing you'll ever do. It's hard because people don't believe that it's so easy. And the reality of it is, is that most people usually will look to hypnosis as a last resort. You know, I'll, somebody might come up to me after my after a show and they are like, oh, I've done this. I've tried this. I've tried this. And you know, nothing has worked for me. Hmm. Well, you, maybe maybe hypnosis could could be something to benefit me. And that's it's kind of interesting that people don't look at it as that's where I'm going to go first. They look at it as by trying to do all these, you know, these other things. The nice thing about that is the awareness is growing, though. People are looking for more things. And, you know, meditation is becoming a very popular activity right now. And hypnosis and meditation are actually sister states of mind. You're going into that alpha and theta brainwave state. And you can accomplish different things uh, between experiencing those two. People tend to look at meditation as a little bit more, it's, it's something maybe it's more spiritual. It's, it's something they feel that they you know, might be able to access more and hypnosis is kind of like, ooh, uh, hypnosis is scary, right? But it's exactly the same thing, but people in their mind have two different kind of concepts linked to essentially the same idea. I think the thing with hypnosis, John, it's going back to, as we said, people 
see the hypnotist on stage and people dancing with the broom. It's that loss of control mm -hmm. because if we go back to the show thing, it's basically it's an entertainment. It's a form of entertainment. We've all seen those shows before. If you're going to volunteer to go on the stage, you could be the one dancing with the broom. So, you know, if you're going to go up on stage, be prepared for that. Maybe it's a lot of people thinking, I don't want to go near hypnosis because I don't want to lose control. And that's that's another kind of misconception about hypnosis is that when you experience it, you, people think, oh, I'm just going to be uh, this remote control zombie controlled by everybody, by, you know, by the hypnotist. And that's actually not not the case, because the really interesting thing about the subconscious mind is, you know, our identity, our moral code is so deeply ingrained within us that if I were to hypnotize somebody and say, OK, you're going to go rob a bank now, if they're not a bank robber, they're not going to be able to, to rob the bank. So you, you have this thing that's kind of happening in the background that's constantly checking and evaluating, you know, is this something that aligns with our moral code? And we run with it. And the example that I love to use about that is a friend of mine who's, who's a great uh, stage hypnotist here in the US. He had a guy on stage who, what we would call the star of the show. He was very hypnotizable. He was participating in everything just off the charts. And as kind of the grand finale to, to the end of the show, my friend gave this guy the suggestion that he would dance like Michael Jackson as soon as the music played. As soon as the music played, the guy didn't get out of his chair. He just, his eyes were closed, didn't move. And my buddy thought that was really weird because he, he was doing everything else. After the show, my buddy was talking to him. Turned out this guy was very religious and he was from a religious faith that their ideology was is that dancing in public is not something you do. So while he did everything else, he wasn't going to dance in public, even though he was hypnotized because that safe wall kicked in for him. That is fascinating, isn't it? Because I think it's this loss of control. Yeah. I think that's what sort of freaks people out. John, can we talk about the process? If somebody comes to you and let's say they want to give up smoking, what would be the process for them if they want to have a session with you? What I would do, I don't work with anybody one-on-one -on -one now. I put everything out there on, you know, on the internet. But basically, the, you know, the process is somebody, first of all, deserves to sincerely be looking for, for change. Now, smoking is an interesting one because there's a lot of people that are like, I want to quit smoking. Do you really? No, I don't. But my doctor tells me I should. My husband tells me I should, or whatever the case may be. And if it's not something that somebody is truly committed to, then that's going to be a challenge. So it's people that are looking. They finally just said, you know what? I've had enough, and I want this to be a different way. So now, if you're doing a one-on-one -on -one session, you would go to the going to the hypnotist. The hypnotist is able to spend some time to kind of understand where you're coming from, what your thought process is and be able to kind of cater the session to the individual. Now with what I do online and, and on YouTube, it's nice because you don't have to go anywhere, which is one thing that kind of can make people, you know, a little nervous. They're like, oh, I gotta go to this office. I gotta be around this person, is it gonna work? And well, somebody can just put in headphones or just listen to it on their speaker 
on YouTube and they can start to take it from there. And it's nice because they can listen as many times as they want. They're listening under their own set of circumstances so people feel more comfortable. So it's really just having that openness and willingness and that desire, that preference to say, okay, I'm done with the way this was, and now I want to make something different. So for, for people, it's usually reaching threshold where they said, I've had enough, and now we want to do something different. It's rather like when the student is ready, the teacher will come, isn't it? You've got to be, yeah, yeah I'm fed up with this situation. Now I really need to do something about it. And it's got to come from the individual. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's always, you know, it's not always people that have some big, you know, deal happening in their life. I hear from a lot of people all the time um, because a lot of my YouTube content is what we call sleep hypnosis. It's something that people want to listen to to fall asleep. And then there are people that like to have things remain playing in the background. So people might listen to one of my programs to fall asleep, but then all of a sudden they're realizing they're getting these additional benefits um, from it. They're noticing their attitude is different during the day. They notice uh, they feel more empowered during the day. They feel less stressed during the day. So it's, it's somebody that might just go, oh, I'm looking for just a little something. And then they realize that it opens up a whole lot more benefit for John, this is just so fascinating. It really, I, it changed my life uh, for me. I never would have imagined, you know, kind of being in the situation that I am now. And it's funny because I, I'm in the sweet spot. I love where I'm at. I love what I'm doing. You know, I, I spent over 20 years as a stand-up comedian and, and as well as a writer. And I got into hypnosis almost well, maybe not by accident, because I had reached threshold kind of with, with, with what I was doing in my life. Um, I wasn't happy doing stand-up comedy anymore. I was very unhappy personally, went through a divorce, father of, of two young kids, dating all the wrong women. I, so there was a lot of drama and dysfunction in my life. And when I decided to do hypnosis, that's when everything changed, because not only did it change you know, professionally and financially for me, all of a sudden I realized the things that everybody was doing on stage, well, those techniques can all apply to me and I can do those in my mind and make changes for me. And that's that's when everything just completely took took off. John, let's talk about your YouTube channel, because, I mean, as soon as I come off of this podcast, I'm so going on your YouTube channel. I'm just really surprised that. I'm trying to think how to phrase this. We've talked about the stage show. We've talked about people coming to you for one-to-one, which obviously you don't do anymore. And now we're talking about you've got a YouTube channel, which people can use en masse, however, whenever, wherever they want. How can that be as powerful as the one-to-one with you? Well, the nice thing about doing a one-to-one is that obviously it's very catered, it's very specific. So a hypnotist, to use the phrase, get into somebody's head, to to know what is kind of what's going on with them. That's the advantage there. Of course, the disadvantage there is that, of course, requires a little bit more additional effort on the person's part, which can be good if you're, you know, you're trying to change. And then at the same time, you know, I've talked to people that they've tried different hypnotists 
you know, and this one, they didn't quite feel like they grooved with that one or this one. And, and that's the nice thing about experiencing something online, because and this is what I tell everybody. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. There's only the way that works for you. So search the hypnotists that are there and the content that's there. See what resonates with you. See what works for you. So people can experiment as much as they want. They can try as much as they want, and then they can go and continue to listen as much as as they want. And that's really the advantage that's there having so much content out there for somebody. And yeah, there's, you know, 250,000 subscribers that I have. And of course, I have way more viewers outside of the subscribers, too. So there's a lot of people I resonate with. And there's a lot of people I don't resonate with because I hear from them. <laughs> but that's that's the advantage is that you can really find something for you quite quickly and quite easily online. Let's talk about some of your success stories. I mean, obviously, well, I hope you are getting feedback from the people oh, yeah. using these YouTube videos. What sort of things are people commenting on? What are they using your, your content for? You know, there's a lot of similar themes that roll through all of, all of my content, even though one might be titled and phrased more specifically for one thing than another, but there's a lot of common themes that um, that run through there. And, but I hear from people all the time that tell me they are less stressed, they are less anxious, they feel better, they're able to go about their day better. I hear from people that tell me the things that they were accomplished or that they were able to accomplish, the goals that they were able to achieve. One of my big programs is is for overcoming a heartbreak. I hear from people that say, man, I was going through really bad breakup, really uh, bad heartbreak. I, I can't tell you how much this has helped to be able to alleviate all the turmoil that was that was going on inside for me. And so a lot of it is, it's things that we all deal with every day. And then of course, some people deal with it to more extremes than the other. And, you know, my content kind of takes, you know, maybe what I would refer maybe to more of a kind of a more new age approach where it's, you know, it's not stop smoking, reduce stress. It's, you know, downloading positive energy from the universe, shielding other people's negative energy. And one of my, I think it's probably my my biggest, my most viewed video is one for meeting your spirit guides. So, okay. So I would say if somebody is looking to meet a spirit guide, why would that be? Probably because they've got some turmoil in their life. They got things that they're stressed about. They got things that they're trying to figure out. They're experiencing whatever range of negative emotions. Again, those are all normal things to some degree or another that people go through every day. So they go, okay, well, I'm going to listen to, to this spirit guide video and I'm going to get some answers. Now, the interesting thing about the subconscious mind, subconscious mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not when you're experiencing state of hypnosis. It's like when you're watching a movie, if it's a scary movie, Make you feel nervous and you're having the physiological reactions, you know, the hair going up on your arms and goosebumps and those sort of things. Consciously, you know, it's not real, but subconsciously, the subconscious mind is getting this input that it says, wow, this is really scary stuff. And it reacts to it as if it were real. So when I create a program like Meeting Your Spirit Guides, you're taking somebody through this experience where, you know, the subconscious mind is saying, hey, wow, there's a spirit guide here. And the spirit guide is basically telling me I'm strong, I can feel good, um, I, I can express my voice, I'm able to think with reason and, and clarity. It's, it's basically all of those things that people would 
deal with on an everyday basis those challenges and the tools to overcome those challenges. And in this case, it's just done in a way where the subconscious mind believes it's getting all of this information, all of this encouragement, this enlightenment, this strength from a spirit guide. And in reality, it's just normal, actual, everyday resources that people can utilize for themselves. I have to say, John, this podcast is going in a totally unexpected direction, <laughs> which it, to me is absolutely fascinating because I really thought we were going to go from sort of the comedy show to losing weight, stop smoking, that type of thing. And now we're talking about spirit guides. We're talking about emotional support with a breakup, for example. We're talking about self-belief issues and emotions. That just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. There's a lot more going on with people than just wanting to stop smoking and, you know, losing weight. And especially within the last three years, you know, with everything that's happened with the lockdown, there's been a lot of people that have felt that their life is out of control, that they have no control, that all these external situations are affecting them and impacting them. And they want to be able to stand up for themselves. They want to be able to take control back of their life. and all these, all these different areas. And because that's what happened with me, I was able to, you know, take control of my life and see unbelievable success, both professionally and as far as my relationships with my marriage, my wife, my friends, everything that I'm, that I'm doing is all because I was able to change my internal dialogue and change my internal thinking. And once I changed what was happening in here, miraculously, everything that's out here began to change as well. All for the better. I think this is one thing we keep hearing about, isn't it? It's sort of the voices in your head, this sort of thing telling us we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not pretty enough, all this sort of stuff. Social media obviously had a, has had a huge impact oh, yeah. in creating yeah. that, but it's changing that dialogue. I mean, we would never speak to people no. the way we speak to ourselves. We're all guilty of that. And that's an interesting thing that you bring that up, too, because as I said, you know, Americans, the statistic, they check their, their, their phones three billion times a day. And it's probably even more than that now, because think about it. It's always in our hand, no matter where we're at. We're standing in line at, you know, the supermarket. We're waiting for something. We're looking down at our phone. We hear that ding. We hear that notification. We get a little spike of dopamine. And we go, oh, what is this? We want to check it out. So when you're staring at that screen, that literally is a hypnotic state. So you open up that gateway to the subconscious mind where you are highly suggestible. And if you are staring at a screen with a lot of angry people dunking on each other and insulting each other and telling you that this way of thinking is stupid and that way of thinking is stupid, well, then all of a sudden you start to take the stuff in. And we know that the algorithm, talked about the various social media companies, design that algorithm so you get more of what you interact with. So if you like to have arguments about politics with somebody that you went to high school with, then all of a sudden more and more things, that algorithm knows, oh, Bob likes to fight with Jeff over politics. So we're gonna, every time Jeff posts something mean, we're gonna make sure Bob sees that so they can have that engagement. And that's what's going on. So technological algorithm of social media is programmed to basically 
program our subconscious mind. And that's what's going on. And we you know we've never seen the rapid advance in technology that we have in what, like the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. You know, when I was a kid from versus when I was my parents were a kid, the difference was their TV was black and white. My TV was colored and we had a few more channels. You know, the difference between when I was a teenager, when my kids are teenager, it's crazy. There's so much that we don't understand yet, but we are beginning to understand the effects of what is going on relative to, you know, social media. And again, that's all the program in the subconscious mind. And those, a lot of those things are the things that I'm hearing from people that they're, that they're struggling with, that they feel anxiety. Why do they feel anxiety? Because, you know, social media is telling them all these horrible things. The news is telling them all these horrible things and they're exposed to that all the time. So now when they're sitting around, not even watching the news or on social media, they're feeling anxiety. So they look to change that and make that shift. And that's what we're able to see. That's the one thing I said earlier, there's a greater awareness now. People are kind of taking back charge of themselves and they're becoming empowered in that way. I don't know what to say. I mean, it is such a fascinating topic. It, it is. And this is, this is the one thing kind of like that I always kind of underscore you know, growing up as a kid in the 80s, the existential threat we were always told to be afraid of was, you know, nuclear war, Russia and the U.S. And then, of course, the existential threat became climate change. We have to be afraid that this is going to happen. And honestly, for me, I don't believe that the existential threat to humanity is anything out there. The existential threat to humanity is people not being able to manage their emotional states. They get programmed and they get upset, they get fearful, they get angry. And when we can't manage what's in here just for us, then we're not gonna be able to manage what's out there within our small circle. So our relationships get jeopardized and then that spreads because now you've got a whole planet of people that have no ability to take control of their emotional states and be responsible for themselves. Again, the flip side of that is, as I'm seeing people realize that, so more and more people are, as my wife and I refer, coming into consciousness. They're realizing that they have the power, that they realize that they have the ability to be able to change and make things better for them. And then obviously everything becomes better for everybody else. Um, John, let's talk about your YouTube channel a bit more. Yeah. You've made over 200 videos on there. What's your process of coming up with an idea for a video Do, is it people will suggest ideas or you'll see something you think oh great i'm going to make a video about that well I get, that's really interesting because of, there's part of me that's beholden to the youtube gods the youtube algorithm so there there you know there there may be topics that i go oh man this this would be really interesting to me and then, of course, I have tools and resources that I use to be able to dive into and research what people are looking for on YouTube and what people are responding to, specifically what they would refer to, you know, keywords, you know, and titles. So that's kind of where things begin, where I, I have this idea for something, but I also want to make sure that it's something that people would be would be interested in or what are they looking for? Basically, that's that's what I would start to do. What is it that people are are looking for? And it's interesting to see the trends of what what is out there. So 
I'm releasing a video later on today for leaving a narcissistic relationship because I, one of my big videos is cutting the cord to a toxic relationship. So people are in toxic relationships and they need to get out. And of course I'm hearing this word, you know, people say, you know, the person I've been involved with narcissistic behaviors, et cetera. So I'm, I'm looking around and I'm researching on YouTube and it's like, wow, leaving the narcissist is a very popular term on YouTube. It's something a lot of people are looking for. It's something a lot of people are, are engaging with videos about. So from there, I say, okay, I'm going to do a video about leaving a narcissist. And, and, and I always like to frame things in a, you know, a, a certain way. And of course, if, if somebody is leaving a narcissistic relationship, again, it's something where they deserve to feel that they have the strength. They can be brave. They can be unafraid. They know that they can let go. Again, it's just, it's kind of a normal state of, uh, or a normal checklist of things that would empower people. So I create that script from there. And that's kind of, that's kind of the process. You're looking for what people are interested in and making sure that it aligns with enough people on YouTube that it will be received. I mean, we talked briefly about sort of our self-talk to ourselves. We're not good enough. You know, you should have done that better. Using your videos, I guess the fact that we can put them on our phone, we can have them in our ears, we literally can have your voice in our ears yeah. whenever, wherever we like. And it could be you're going into a meeting and you just want that little bit of injection of confidence, a bit of self-belief. Yeah. And literally, just before you step through the door into that interview or that meeting, you've got those words coming through your ear rolls, basically. Yeah. And well, and what's interesting about my, my content, and again, it didn't necessarily start out this way, but it started out, I had one program that took off for sleep that became wildly popular. People were looking to go to YouTube to fall asleep. And that's what you kind of hear the term sleep hypnosis. So I, you know, I created a few eight hour long videos to help people sleep so they could fall asleep and stay asleep. So the thing about YouTube is, is they want to dial that demographic in as precisely and as focused as possible. So it's like, okay, this is the group of people who like hypnosis and meditation. This is the group of people who like to listen to hypnosis to fall asleep. This is the group of people that listen to hypnosis all night long to stay asleep. So this is where we, we, we know this group of people is here. This is where we're going to drive the content to. So my stuff has become kind of this eight hour long stuff where somebody would listen to it when they climb into bed, go through those alpha beta brainwave states, but then are able to access that part of the mind so they can make those changes. And then they like to just listen to it all night or sleep to it. I, I hear from people all the time. They're like, oh, I woke up at three in the morning, heard your voice. Ah, I was able to fall right back to sleep. A lot of my stuff is is long, and the, and what I am doing now, I'm in the process of creating a second channel now that's going to have basically like 20 minute long content. But I do, I hear from people every day. They're like, I listened to that last night, and then I I put it on while I was at work, and I was just listening to the things that you're that you know that you were saying. So yeah, it's accessible. People can listen to it anytime, and that's the great thing about them. I think this is really interesting because I think a lot of people have issues with sleep. Mm -hmm. I know a lot more was talked about during the pandemic. So we heard an awful lot about sleep issues. People couldn't get to sleep. Yeah. People couldn't stay asleep. And then people weren't having enough sleep. 
So sleep became a huge thing. And I, I think still is. Yeah, it is. And, and again, it goes back to technology because people are conditioned to, you know, have, you know, they get in the bed. All right, we're laying in bed now. Instead of just closing our eyes, we're just going to scroll through social media. We're going to see what's what. And so we've created this condition where people just kind of want to keep, you know, looking. And of course, obviously my content is social media on, on YouTube, but it's it's the kind of thing where people can put it on and then put the phone down and fall asleep. But it, but it really has become uh, a, an issue for a lot of people. And because they, they're not turning their minds off, they're not quieting the mind, they're laying in bed, thinking about all of the issues too, all of the, you know, because there's more stress, people are laying awake, they're waking up in the middle of the night wondering, oh my God, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do this? So yeah, all of that's contributing to less sleep for people. I mean, for me personally, over the last couple of years, I go to sleep, but then I wake up in the middle of the, the, the night, cannot get back to sleep. So I will put my earbuds in and I will listen to something. But I've likened it to when you were a child listening to a bedtime story. Yeah, yeah. Those are big, too. There's a lot of the, the bedtime stories are, are, are quite uh, big. And um, ASMR I think it may have been about 20 years ago that they kind of realized this was a thing. I don't know if they would call it a connection or a condition rather, but it's a situation where people, when they would hear very kind of quiet, intense whispering or certain noises, that it literally created a euphoric effect in their body. Their body began tingling. It was almost like getting a high. And so, so there's ASMR content out there, which if you've never seen it, it can seem a little weird where it's somebody kind of whispering very quietly in, into a microphone. Or they, they've also noticed that if they're getting one type of audio stimulus in one ear and one in the other, so if it's in stereo, it intensifies the effect. So there's a lot of people whispering quietly, tapping their fingernails, crunching up potato chips, all kinds of things. But I, but I think apparently that that's become appealing to a lot more people, they, you know, they like to listen to it. I mean, I can whisper, whisper really well, but I, I don't think that people would probably go for me whispering in theirs like that. But and there's also a lot of hand motion. So if you see the video too, there's a there's a visual associations with the whispering and and seeing a lot of hand movements. But man, those videos on YouTube, you know, someone to put up an ASMR video and millions and millions of views quite quite quickly. Some yeah. people, I guess, a bit like hypnotism some people are very receptive to it yeah. other people aren't yeah and and it seems to be predominantly at least for the content creators the content creators are predominantly women that do that so i mean let's say i don't think anybody wants to hear me I, I i've told my wife i'm like man we should create a check second channel my my wife was former mrs utah first runner-up mrs america so she looks really good so i'm like you could you could get in there with the nails and the clacking and the whispering but and then, then there's part of me that goes, ah, that gets a little creepy. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, though. We're talking about ASMR and we're talking about hypnotism. It's all to do with the mind, the brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing that we're still learning quite a bit about. So, yeah. And one of the things that's interesting, too, I'm just, I'm just thinking of different elements of of things that we know about the, you know, the mind and the brain. One of the really cool things relative to the stage show, 
there's a part of the brain that when you experience hypnosis dials down self-awareness. So when people get up on stage and they're hypnotized, they're not going to care because that self-awareness element has been dialed down, you know, within their mind. And then you couple with the fact that you feel really good physically when you experience hypnosis because your dopamine levels go up, your endorphin levels go up, your cortisol levels go down. You actually get um, a boost of antioxidants. So it's tremendously beneficial for your health. There's been amazing studies done about people that have practiced meditation and how that's helped their immune system. So yeah, you get all these physical and mental and emotional benefits. It's, it's a hypnotic orgasm. Well, John, I am so going to be trying one of your sleep meditation hypnosis videos tonight, and I shall report back. I appreciate that. It's funny because I'll put a video out and then I, I you know, the artist that I am, I'm like, oh, I can never go back and listen to it. So I, but I, you know, the way that I've evolved, I think I've, I look back at the videos that I've done early on and I go, oh, I never do it that way again. You know, and I, so I look towards a lot of my more recent videos is kind of how I feel I've, I've kind of come into my own relative to creating the content that I do. John, it's been fascinating. Absolutely. Thank you. Is there anything you want to leave us with? I mean, obviously, we'll put all the links to everything with the podcast. Yeah, just know that everybody has the power and the ability within them. Just believe in yourself. You know, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something because the only person that tells you that is you. And then you have the ability to determine your own inner dialogue. So check me out on uh, on YouTube. It's just John Moyer Hypnosis or johnmoyer.com is my website that links to all of you know my other social media. John, it's been brilliant. Such an education. I wasn't sure where we were going to go in, in this uh, podcast, but you sure have not disappointed. And I'm going to be looking that. through your YouTube channel tonight. John, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jill. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please subscribe on whatever platform you are using. It is free. And if you would like to tell your story, please contact me on allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and let's tell your story.